Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. The Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, the Middle East is flared up, then it's flared down. We hear Iran's hand is behind the latest flare-up in Gaza and Israel, but who knows when this ever ends, if it ever ends. But we have a man on the ground in Jerusalem, Aaron Klein, Jerusalem Bureau Chief for Breitbart News Network, weekly columnist for the Jewish Press, and a good friend of mine, Aaron Klein, welcome to the Savage Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. By the way, I'm actually in uh, New York right now. I came here a little while ago, and I'm going back to Tel Aviv in a few days. Do you have your galoshes? I hear it's raining like crazy. No, it's terrible. I can't stand the weather here. Uh, well, it's, it's that global warming again causing, causing rain in New York. It never rained before that. And, and when, Yeah, right. And when it rains by New York, by the way, it's not for an hour or two hours. It's all day, all night. Yeah, but it cleans the, the streets up anyway. Uh, what is the current situation in the Israel-Gaza border? It's, it's, a, it's a, a ceasefire. Netanyahu is being criticized. Why is he being criticized for ending this, this uh, back and forth? He's being criticized because the Israeli public is really frustrated with the situation in the Gaza Strip. I mean, it's, it's a little bit dysfunctional. Um, Israel, remember, evacuated the Gaza Strip in 2005 got every single Jew living inside that territory out, handed it over to the Palestinians, and uh, what they did was bring in Hamas, Hamas took over, and used the territory to fire rockets into Israel. Right. The, 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 wait a minute. The, the Israeli liberals and the American Jewish liberals and the European Jewish liberals thought that by giving Gaza to the Palestinians, they would continue to grow flowers and export them to France. And they would dance the horror with the Israelis. Instead, the next day, they ripped out the hoses, the watering hoses in the, uh, in, the, in the greenhouses that the Israelis had built out of nothing and immediately turned them into launching pads for rockets. That's literally what happened. Uh, actually, American billionaires donated those greenhouses. I was inside of them in 2005, beautiful greenhouses, uh, to the Palestinians for, I think it was like $13, $14 million. And... The day that Israel evacuated Gaza, and but the media documented this, um, the Palestinian terrorists came, um, or those associated with them, and, and just dismantled the whole thing, and infamously at, at times used some of those, those pipes. They even announced it uh, to assemble Qassam rockets. Uh, the former Jewish communities of Gaza and are now actually used as launching pads and military training grounds for terrorists. So that's what happened in Gaza. So, but this is important for the average listener. They all say Israel should, quote, give back the territory they stole from the Palestinians. That's a falsehood to begin with. So here's an example of giving back territory. What did they do with it? Did they turn it into a peaceful launching pad for the future of their own children? No. They used it to go to war with the Israelis who gave them back the land. So what would happen if Israel, what if every Jew left Israel? What would happen then? What would they do in Israel? Who would they attack next? Yeah, I mean, just think about it. The Gaza Strip is uh, about, let's say, an hour, 20-minute drive from where I usually am in Tel Aviv. Uh, But if you take out your map, you look at the West Bank, which is what the liberals now are calling on Israel to give up. 
I can drive there to the to the border in 10, 15 minutes, and it actually borders Jerusalem. So to believe that giving up territory works and it brings peace um, is is beyond ridiculous, and Gaza is the perfect example for that. Uh, well, that would be like saying to America, give up Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and, Cal- and half of California to Mexico, and then uh, they'll be at peace with us. They won't. They, then they won't have to come into America. It's insane. The whole thing's crazy. Either you have borders, you have no nation. But getting back to the topic at hand, Aaron, the Israel-Gaza, again, issue is only part of it. Egypt supposedly brokered a ceasefire today. Where does Egypt stand in all of this? Is Egypt a friend of the West at this time in history? Oh, yeah, definitely. The Egyptian president, um, al-Sisi, is against the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, and he doesn't want to have the situation of Gaza on his hands either. I mean, remember, Israel evacuated Gaza, and then everybody says there's a blockade of the Gaza Strip. First of all, there's, there's really no blockade. There are Israeli, Israel led hundreds of trucks per day with goods into Gaza. But second, if you look at your map, the Gaza Strip has a huge border with Egypt. So uh, Sisi doesn't want to deal with it. He needs a ceasefire there because... Um, he's got the Sinai Peninsula, which also borders Gaza. It's in Egypt um, that has a major jihadist problem. But, you know, panning back, Israel does have to deal with this situation eventually. It's a, it, it, it's a very dysfunctional situation for the Israeli public to live under rocket threat. Um, I mean, first you have the Jewish communities outside of Gaza, and I'm talking about like a mile, two miles outside of the Gaza Strip. When the rocket siren goes off in those communities, I've been in there when the siren goes off, you've got like 30 seconds, 30 seconds to try to run into a bomb shelter. You can't really find a bomb shelter as quickly as 30 seconds. That If you're in Tel Aviv, you've got, let's say, a minute and a half before the rocket comes. Uh, Tel Aviv is, of course, more protected by the Iron Dome anti-missile system because the system can take out, like, one or two rockets at a time. But the communities closer to Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashdod, um, Sterot... I've been in Ashkelon, an ancient, that was an ancient uh, community that Samson strolled in. I mean, Ashkelon has tremendous biblical uh, uh, meaning to me. But, Aaron, let's get back to the big picture. You said Al-Sisi, Al-Sisi the, the president of Egypt, is a friend of Israel, a friend of the, of the West, and I know it's true. It's interesting to me that John McCain, after al-Sisi won the election, John McCain went to the Middle East, went to Egypt, if I remember correctly, and tried to get the Muslim Brotherhood reinstalled to run Egypt. Is that a fact? Yes, it's actually a fact. Why would John McCain have backed the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt? Can you explain that to the audience, Aaron? I never understood what side he was on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's some of the same reason that John McCain passed the anti-Trump dossier to the FBI. I think it's some of the same reason that John McCain voted as his last vote, essentially, um, uh, not to repeal Obamacare. Uh, I think we do need to question his ideology. Uh, Muslim Brotherhood, by the way, it's, it's not people who support, liberals who support the Muslim Brotherhood, I don't think they do it. Um, some of them do, but a lot of them, not necessarily because they're pro-Islamist. I think a lot of them believe in open borders, in having no borders, in fact. And if you look at the Middle East, 
what the one common denominator that can connect the Middle East would actually be the Muslim Brotherhood. That would be um, the perfect launch pad to get rid of borders in the Middle East because you have this group, Muslim Brotherhood, that has chapters in many countries throughout the Middle East, shares the same Islamist ideology. So I, I think, I don't know necessarily what was in McCain's heart, but I think when you look at like, the Soros open borders crowd, the reason they supported the Arab Spring, so-called, which of course became a Muslim Brotherhood winter, um, I believe is because they're open borders and they wanted to get rid of the concept of a nation state and the Muslim Brotherhood, which connects the Middle East um, with the and, and North Africa. But well, I'm, you know, Aaron, I don't mean to, to interrupt. I'm more concerned with the Muslim Sisterhood in the U.S. Congress. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Ilan Omar, that's my phrase, the Muslim Sisterhood. I've been using it for months. She is a Tokyo Rose of our time. She never fails to impress me with how open she is in her hatred for America and for Israel. How does she get away with that? I, I think she gets away with it because the Democrat Party lets her get away with it. Uh, I mean, she is the new face of the Democrat Party. How can people who, pro, who purport to be pro-Israel in the Democrat Party, um, how, how can they claim that they are uh, that when they refuse to condemn anti-Semitism and when actually more than that they refuse to do anything about the boycott, divestment, sanctions campaign? You know, somebody like Kirsten Gillibrand of New York who sponsored the anti boycott Israel bill and then took her name off the bill. This is Ilhan Omar is the new face of the Democrat Party today. They have a massive anti-Semitism problem, uh, just like the UK Labor Party. And, and to me, it's not only about Israel. Um, as the Democrat Party openly becomes more radical leftist, what you have is anti-Westernism, anti-Americanism, and that goes hand in hand with uh, being anti-Western in the Middle East Israel, meaning also meaning you're also anti-Israel. So I think it's both anti-Semitism for what it is, and then it's also radical leftist, um, anti-Western politics, and, and that's the new Democrat Party today. Um, and but, but look, did you did you read what Ilhan Omar said about the latest round of violence in the Middle East? Have you seen that, Aaron? You must have. Oh, yeah, of course. She uh, And by the way, she, she does this as... Um, I, I point out that one of the uh, one of the Israelis killed in the rocket attacks, one of the four, was actually an Israeli Arab Muslim. He's a Bedouin, um, and you know she's sitting there and complaining about uh, Israel's response. That's what happened here. Israel did not randomly decide to start surgically striking in the Gaza Strip. Um, and and by the way, Israel goes to crazy lengths to ensure against civilian casualties. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Do you know anybody who doesn't do better with a good night's sleep? Well, let me tell you about me. If I don't sleep well, I don't work well. Let me be very clear. Forget about happy. I'm not even productive. If I don't get a good night's sleep, I can't do a good show. And I'm sure it's the same for you. It's as simple as that. Now, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, I've got a solution for you. Purple Mattress. Now, why? Who is the purple mattress? How does it differ? The purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever slept on before. Why? Because it uses this brand new material that was actually developed by an actual rocket scientist. You heard me right. It's not like the memory foam that I've used or that you've heard about. No, it's not memory foam. 
This is astronaut stuff. This is rocket science sleep. The purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. So you sleep cool, right? It gives you this zero gravity like feel. So it works for any sleeping position. Let me repeat this. This was developed by brothers who've been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things such as medical beds, wheelchairs, but it was developed by an actual rocket scientist. Zero gravity field while you sleep. It's 100 night risk-free trial, 100 nights. You're not satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. The 100 nights, that's a long time. Backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping, free returns, free in-home setup and old mattress removal, you're going to love purple. And right now I have a great deal for you. You're going to get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. You heard me right. Free pillow when you purchase a mattress. Now, that's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text SAVAGE to 84888. Let me repeat that. S-A-V-A-G-E. Text it to 84888. S-A-V-A-G-E. Text to 84888. Once again, because I know you didn't write it down, you're going to do it now or I'm going to be mad at you. Text it to Savage, S-A-V-A-G-E, to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Aaron, you're as keen politically as anybody I've ever met, and you know the ins and outs of, of virtually every issue. The district in which Omar was elected in Minnesota certainly has a large number of Somali residents. That's a given, and she, of course, represents them. But isn't it also true, and this is a very uncomfortable statement that I'm about to make, because I read this uh, six months ago, that it was the liberal Jewish people Yes. In that district, who pushed her forward. Am I correct about that? Yes. I, I don't know that they knew at the time full, uh, fully her politics. I, I think that you have liberal American Jews um, who are just stuck in the old-school liberal mindset of welcoming refugees, you know, which is a very good thing in some areas, but let's just say here in America in 2019 and in Europe uh, nowadays, it's not the same as uh, refugees. Uh, in, in World War II coming in uh, legally and coming in also with, with the same ideology. So you have uh, uh, a huge section of American Jewry that is just stuck on this internationalist liberal politics and that also, I, I don't know how to explain it other than that they just don't care about Israel anymore. Um, but here they just... No, no, no. I'm concerned now about America. Here is a woman who was given asylum status in this country... Omar, and she hates the country, hates Trump, hates everything about America, while disguising herself as some kind of patriot. She's the opposite of a patriot. If she could, she would convert this nation to a Sharia law nation. We all know that. She is the Muslim sisterhood personified. But I have to go back to the very uncomfortable point. This district in Minnesota that she was elected in, was this not once a Republican district? Um, yeah, I do have to look specifically at whether that, that actual district was Republican. That, that I don't know offhand. But can you imagine? What, what, I think. Well, but who was the congressman in the district before her? Do you know, Aaron? Uh, no, I don't know the name offhand. 
Well, I, I think I, I, I don't know it right now, but I do know this. I remember reading an interview, and all the members of the, of the liberal Jewish community said, we didn't know she would turn on us like this. And we hope, we hope, we hope, we hope that she'll come to her senses. It sounds like 1935 again in Germany. This is why I hope that the Trump administration really seriously looks at declaring the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt a terror group because it's the Muslim Brotherhood that spawned care, that spawned the Muslim Student Association in America, that spawned the Islamic Society of North America. These are groups that Ilhan Omar um, and those who are like Ilhan Omar are known to be closely associated. So can you imagine the repercussions if the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt were declared a terror group, and then you have um, members of Congress consorting with uh, these very groups that were spawned by, in fact, founded by uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. And I, uh, coming to 2020, these are the big themes. It's the New Democrat Party being uh, what, what they are with Ilhan Omar, which is anti-Semitic, uh, anti-Israel, but then also socialist. And, and it also goes hand in hand. Um, and unfortunately, you do have a huge subset of the American population that does want socialism. They don't, I don't think they fully, some of them fully understand what it is, and then others uh, don't care. They just want government handouts. They don't care um, mm-hmm. that the economy will crash and burn, essentially. And, and that's a major theme going into 2020. It's really like anti-American socialism, anti-Semitic uh, versus the policies of Trump uh, that are about making America great, let's say, economic nationalism, um, and, uh, uh, and also America first policies when it comes to the Middle East, while also obviously uh, being humanitarian and understanding also that America uh, has massive national security interests with Israel uh, and beyond. Um, yeah, but Elon Omar referred to Gaza as occupied. How could it be occupied if the land was given to them by the Israelis? What does she mean occupied? Yeah, and Rashida Tlaib, what, what are they talking about here? Israel, it, Israel does not occupy one inch of the Gaza Strip. There is not a single... So inch. they know nothing about what they're talking about. They're just haters, that's all. They hate Jews. They hate America. They hate Trump. What more needs to be said? That's the new Democrat Party, Aaron. Yeah, and every Jew, by the way, was uprooted. Even the, the Jewish bodies and were uprooted from the graves. They're not there. And uh, there's like a cause... Wait, 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 wait. Say that again, Aaron. What? The Jewish graves were disinterred when Gaza was given to the to the to the Palestinians. Yeah, I mean, not only is Israel not occupied by living Jews, uh, but when Israel got out of Gaza in 2005, they were so worried that the great the Jewish graves. There were about I think like 30 or 40 Jews who were buried inside the Jewish graves of Gush Katif, the Jewish communities of Gaza. Um, the Israeli government was so worried, as they should be, that the graves would be desecrated, that, that yes, they disinterred, they uprooted even the Jewish bodies from the graves and reburied them inside Israel. So for, um, for members of Congress, um, like Ilhan Omar and uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Tlaib, to claim that Gaza is occupied is beyond insane, um, and, and this is like Ocasio-Cortez, uh, giving an interview a few months ago where she starts you know, talking about, oh, Israeli occupation, and then uh, she admits in the interview that she's not an expert on the Middle East. That they don't even know the very details of, wh- of which they speak. Um, and that to, it, that, to me, is particularly troubling. 
uh, given that some of them are members, let's say, of the Congressional Foreign Affairs Committee, foreign affairs, but they don't know that Gaza is not occupied. Uh, what's going on here? The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Everyone's got mail, okay? Do you know anyone who doesn't have mail? Fine, we all have mail. You have time to go to the post office? No, you're busy. Who's got time for all that traffic, parking, lugging your mail and packages, waiting online? It's a hassle. That is why you need Stamps.com. Why? It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Listen carefully. The stamps are cheaper with Stamps.com. And Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your own computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Here's how it works. You simply use your own computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. No more trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first-class stamp. That is a big deal. Did you hear that one? With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. That's a great deal. And not to mention, this is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. That's right. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. Saving you time and money. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Now listen carefully. A four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. You heard me right. Just rush to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. That's Stamps.com. Go to the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Savage Nation. How, how easy is that? You go to Stamps.com, you find the microphone at the top of the homepage, and you type in Savage Nation. Okay? Save yourself time and money. What convenience. That's Stamps.com. Enter Savage Nation. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Well, what's going on here is that I call her half cortex because I think it's half a brain that she was given at birth, and that half is not functioning very well, but it doesn't stop her from tweeting around the clock uh, and displaying her stupidity, and people seem to, to cheer her anyway. But going on to uh, them defending the Palestinians after the terrorists have rained rockets down upon Israel tells us everything we need to know about the new Muslim sisterhood in Congress. And I think that more exposure is better than uh, uh, less exposure. And hopefully the American people will awaken in the election in 2020 and recognize that we have a very clear choice. Despite his flaws, despite his imperfections, despite the fact that he only gave us 20 to 30 percent of what he promised, which is all we could have expected, Trump is the only choice for the survival of America let alone Israel. That's my opinion. Yeah, there is no question at this point that uh, after eight years of the devastating policies of Barack Obama, where he gets up eight years ago, eight, nine, ten years ago, and starts talking about fundamentally transforming the nation, and not a single reporter bothered to ask him, you know, what do you mean by fundamentally transforming? Mm -hmm. uh, we saw what he meant after yeah. eight years uh, yeah. with the economy in tatters, 
trillions in debt, a healthcare disaster, um, and and Trump is when you say you know thirty percent. Um, yeah, I agree, but but don't forget that he has been governing under first of all this cloud of impeachment based on a fake Russia hoax. I understand um, it would be higher. He give us he would have given us more if he had some cooperation, uh, you know. But Pelosi is warning Democrats today to stay in the center, but the leftward drift has picked up momentum amongst the Democrats, hasn't it? Yeah, she's also sort of um, towing the line with like no impeachment because I think Pelosi a little bit understands that the American public see through a lot of this. I mean, the the Democrat Party uh, really so closely associated themselves with um, after before even Trump was elected with Trump being a Russian agent or Trump colluding with the Russians, even though the entire time um, it was very clear. That 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 would not only wasn't the case, but that it was Hillary and the Democrat Party, and, and they keep towing the same line even now after the Mueller report has report has been released. While the American public, I think they a lot more people are are less fooled uh, nowadays about this stuff. And I think when it comes to 2020, if the, uh, Pelosi has to understand that if if the Democrats are running on uh, the Russia hoax after it has been thoroughly exposed then they could have a, a serious problem. That being said, I am seriously concerned about Florida, uh, about Texas, mm-hmm. about the West Belt states, because right. you look at Florida where you have uh, 1.4 million convicted felons who can now vote. Um, it, 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 that could be a very serious issue come 2020. Um, and then for some reason, if you look at some of the polling today, if we can trust it, in some of the states, uh, surprisingly, Trump is not doing as well as you would think, given the economic numbers. Uh, so I think there's a lot more education that needs well, to Where is he not doing as well as you'd expect? Well, I, I looked at specific numbers, for example, um, it, it, throughout Florida, uh, uh, Texas, the Rust Belt, also specific numbers with, with women, um, with younger women uh, specifically. Um, even though actually the job numbers for women are great. On the other hand, I don't know how, how well we can trust the polling data as we saw in 2016. Um, I mean, you would think that this would be, that, that 2020 at this point, with all of the accomplishments of, of Donald Trump, um, would, would be a landslide for him, and, and maybe it still will, but, but the numbers right now are uh, concerning, and I have talked with members of uh, uh, Trump administration, uh, and they, they are aware of the numbers in, in Florida, um, but, but I think they're very confident uh, going to going 2020, given, uh, the, given the messaging and given the economy. Well, we'll have to wait and see where this goes. We do know that the Democrat Party has moved so far to the left that it's unrecognizable to most Americans, that, and even Nancy Pelosi, who speaks about being a leftist, she's really a centrist, she's a money a moneymaker, it's all about money with her, and she recognizes that the Ilhan Omars, the occasional Cortexes, Tlaib, and the others will destroy the Democrats' chances in 2020. So all I can say is thank God for Ilhan Omar, occasional Cortex, and Tlaib, because I think they're going to ensure a Trump victory. Anyway, Aaron Klein, thanks for being with us. Uh, I hope there's peace in the Middle East. Are you coming out west on this trip or not? I'd like to take you to dinner again. Uh, I'm going to try. Are you, are you ever coming to New York? In the rain? 
I, I threw my galoshes away a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you come out west, be sure to give me a call, Aaron. It's always a pleasure to have your insights on the Savage Nation. Thanks for being with us. The Westwood One Podcast Network.